Comics in the combat zone Comics in the combat zone Usually we make you laugh But now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes Hey there everybody and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone this week Talking CZW Bloodbath from January 8th, the year 2000 Ben, we have entered the new millennium, how exciting I know, yeah, I was. I, I hope the computers still work. <laughs> yeah, I think they made it, actually. The CZW Arena looked completely pristine as it did before the event. Yeah, yeah, definitely no Y2K to be seen. And and we're kicking it off with a show called Bloodbath. Is that exciting to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems apt, I guess, for the, CZ, for the CZW that we know and love, so... Yeah, I guess, you know, see, let's see what happens. I mean, there's already been quite a few bloodbaths, so if they're calling this one the bloodbath... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It must outdo all of them. Yeah. Well, the show starts just as poorly as ever, uh, with a shaky <laughs> hand camera, a chaotic start, the announcer's halfway through introducing the first act. I'm like, they really just don't give a shit. It's just, you know... Whoever the editor happens to be, if he's hung over that morning, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they would probably want to cut as much out as possible, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and once again, Hat Guy, for the third week in a row, is present. So, I, I just think it's good wrestling trivia that we know Hat Guy was there for, like, every single ECW show and CZW show. Yeah, probably the only person apart from us that has been there from the beginning. <laughs> I don't know if he's, like, on government benefits or how this guy can... I know the shows can't be expensive, but he must not have a job i don't know hey hat guy not to disparage him but it was a different time then you could you could have a, a part-time job and go to every wrestling show going <laughs> yeah well he's proven it uh we are immediately introduced to the cashmarino brothers which is just uh, a, a team i hate to see more and more uh but at least they're uh introduced to their mambo number no. five music but then the dad we saw papa i don't really know what they're calling him i think just dad or something yeah i mean he looks he reminds me a bit of Paul Bearer, like in his current get-up, but you know, Ball Bearer, more like, like <laughs> he's just, yeah, he, he comes out and I know everyone, the crowd's already chanting the stuff that they uh, they used to, yeah, yeah, since so, last year, <laughs> so it's not ideal. No, uh, but he he immediately stops the Mambo Number no. Five and demands they play this new music, and they start playing Frank Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, which I thought was pretty funny. And Ar- they- yeah, it seems like arguably a gayer song than Mambo Number no. <laughs> Five, which is all about shagging women. <laughs> yeah, not that we care. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm just saying, like, it's good to in know. universe, <laughs> it seems like the gayer option. Well, and again, they're playing dress up, where like they come out with the Frank Sinatra like sort of gangster suits, the like they look like and and not like expensive ones like the cheapest black suit and tie you could sort of find yeah one of them is dressed like bugsy malone and the other one looks like a peaky blinder like he's got the (laughs) the flat cap on and all that and just like there's no coherence yeah these guys it it reminded me of like the movie of your first elementary school play where the clothes are a bit too big and it's like you don't buy anything yeah they borrowed their dad's suits (laughs) except for the real cigars they seem to be smoking that actually seemed legit which I think, I, it's always funny when a wrestler comes to the ring smoking. I, I just love that. Uh, but yeah, they do their basic baiting promo that you'd expect from this team at this point. And then John Dahmer, the, the guest guardian angel of this show, interrupts them actually. Uh, and he, as soon as his uh, valet comes out, I forget her name, oh, Natasha, sorry. Uh, immediately the fans are chanting, show your tits at her. I mean, it was like a record fast level of misogyny that CZW outdid itself here. Yeah, and they, they're going to lean into that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be fair, it, it doesn't, it always makes me more uncomfortable when it's someone just trying to be a female wrestler and they sexualize it. But at least, like, Natasha seemed to know what she was here for because they did set up the stipulation really quick. Well, sorry, John Dahmer brings out his buddy, Trent Acid, and it's going to be John Dahmer and Trent Acid versus the Cash Marino bros. But then uh, Marino says if they win, they brought a mini trampoline back there. And Natasha is going to have to jump on the trampoline for like 10 seconds. Just like, what was this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they're taking a step. I thought they were going to be like, it was going to be another, um, whatever, like, what was it, win your bitch match or whatever it was. You thought Natasha did. was going to be up for grabs here? Yeah, I th- you know, they've done that quite a few times. Uh, it's a shame that it's a consistent match stipulation at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, they bring the trampoline out. It's very odd, like... Yeah, very ninety, like very well, two thousands. Like, yeah, it, it was kind of yeah, like feels before their time. 
To me, the when I think of girls on the trampoline, I think of the Man Show, which was like early two thousands. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. The maybe, Man Show. <laughs> maybe Zandig is like a step ahead here. Yeah, uh, maybe. But yeah, but then Dahmer accepts on her behalf. Of course, they don't even ask Natasha. So then this match kicks off, and I'm just like, all right, at least they're getting like John Dahmer and the Cashmarino Bros out of the way nice and early. Uh, so we don't have to think about them for the rest of the show after this. Yeah, it's a shame that they're blowing Trent, who's in a pretty sick parental advisory shirt. <laughs> Once again, uh, on the uh, on this match. But yeah, you know, it was, it was it was okay. Yeah, the match starts as basic as you'd imagine. It's a lot of like the bros getting outclassed, and then they retreat outside to like get advice from their dad. At one point, Acid jumps on all three of them, and the dad takes like a, just a lazy old guy bump. One bro distracts his own brother by smacking him on the ass, like giving him a good job. Yeah. And then they almost get in like an argument, but then hug each other. And then the dad gets like upset that they're hugging each other. Yeah. And, I, and I, it's just like ruining a, a, what could have been an okay match. It's just ruining it here. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it seems like they invented the best friends gimmick from AEW where they give each other a hug mm-hmm. halfway through the match. So, you know, we're discovering a lot about CZW that got stolen, you know, yeah. three amigos. Well, if, now the best friend hug. Well, if the best friends had a homophobic father who just uh, was like yelling loudly outside yeah. during the hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. And tr- there's a guy, Trent. I mean, I know he's on the other team, but, you know, <laughs> stealing their name. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they built. Sorry. Yeah, there is at one point um, a really great sell from Trent on one of the moves that was almost like, you know, when The Rock would sell a Stone Cold Stunner where he'd like <laughs> jump up, like leap up after where he does that. And I was like, that was pretty good. But it also shows the quality of the match, I guess, where I'm like, yeah, this sell was probably the best thing about it. That's what's impressing you? Yeah. Well, they, and they built up to a John Dahmer hot tag. Not Trent, who's like the quicker, more athletic guy and the bigger star, but instead John Dahmer. And this happened last week, I remember, where he does the slowest like heat spot when he finally gets hot tagged and he just kicks a guy in the gut and then gives him a suplex. And you're like, this is the lamest hot tag spot ever. And then he's just slowly like, oh, oh no, he sorry, he throws both brothers stacks them in the corner and then they fall as if they're having gay sex <laughs> like again just classic stuff here you would expect from these teams at this point yeah uh, Dahmer hits that patented spine buster he's known for and then acid hits the moonsault and the fans actually get offended here and are chanting pull your pants up I feel like the gimmick is sort of played out at this point I think the odd thing is like him having his ass out plays no real part in the movie. Like, Rikishi's <laughs> ass played an integral part in his moves, but Trent Acid just gets his ass out and then does a moonsault. Like, there's it's no. Literally, he was high and someone thought of moonsault, like the pun. Yeah. And he's like, I gotta do that. Like, I think he should roll over and then his ass is in their face or something. Like, just. <laughs> Just actually have it involved instead of just it, it, him having his ass out. Yeah, it's probably illegal as it is. Why not just go full sexual assault on a guy? Yeah, well, you, you know, I mean... Oh, it's, it's 1999. It wasn't called that. So. Well, it was 2000, but it probably still wasn't called that, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. No, we still need like 15 more years before wrestling <laughs> pretends to care about stuff like this. Definitely. Uh, but out of nowhere, the camera just pans to Natasha, who's jumping on the trampoline. And Moreno's like, oh, my God, it's a chick on a trampoline. Oh, my God. And Dahmer just rolls him up for the pin at 6 minutes, 44 seconds, which I was like, okay, I guess that's a finish. Mercifully short, at least. You know? Yeah, I mean, kind of empowering. Natasha chooses to jump on the trampoline of her own accord. To distract. Yeah, taking advantage of the male gaze. If any- So, actually, CZW's third wave feminist yeah, organization. She knew, she knew they'd like it. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they specifically wanted it. <laughs> yeah, just so... <laughs> I mean, it does make sense. I always knock the CZW booking, but this made perfect logical sense. So I guess I'm not going to knock it, but I just want to move past this yeah, whole thing. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's just move on to the next one. The announcer keeps it going. Uh, and this is the weird thing. So Dewey Donovan, the new referee, starts yelling at Hat Guy. And then Hat Guy yells at him. And I'm like, is this a work or is he getting into it with Hat Guy? And he gets out of the ring and looks like he wants to like physically get into it with him. But instead of when he could get into it, he knocked his hat off. And then some random unnamed guy super kicks the referee and then gets dragged away from crowd control. But he was clearly a wrestler. And I'm like, I don't know if this was meant to be an angle, but it's so it happened so quick and it's going to be so forgettable that if they ever reference it again, no one will know what they're talking about. Yeah. Very strange. Like, they, they can tell 
you can tell they all think about Hat Guy when he walks in, and all the wrestlers want to get like a spot in with him and shit. Like he, like we said, he's a faux celebrity amongst these people, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is a time when like newsletters were big deals and emails, so maybe Hat Guy had like an email <laughs> chain or whatever where he's like, I think the hottest new wrestler is this guy. He was so the they... admin of like a really hot forum. Yeah, definitely hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the announcer just keeps it going. We don't get our cut, and he introduces us to the Thrill Kill Cult. Uh, cue terrible midnight promo these guys are on the list of people that will always grab a microphone as soon as you see them uh, and they're talking about how they were robbed by Justice Payne last last month which if you remember Justice Payne was like actively sabotaging his own partner like it was the, it was them being a shitty tag team which is why they lost that match yeah uh, Justice Payne like just clowned them single handedly and then Justice Payne's music starts playing and instead of Justice Payne this random hot chick shows up in, like, a tight dress. And I say hot chick given the standard of CZW so far. Like, she's objectively the most attractive female to come through the she's, the curtain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I value women's personalities, but she looks like she's got a great personality as well. So she <laughs> is incredibly attractive, for sure. And, like, she knows it. There's yeah. a bit of, like, she goes under the rope and the crowd... I, I swear I saw one guy do, like, an awooga face, like, when she bends <laughs> over to go under the, the rope. Eyes popped yeah, in. the guy's like, whoa! Uh, Which, and she was doing it, like, the Stacey Keebler super slow cadence, but she wasn't tall enough to do the second rope. But it was the same entrance. It was, yeah. Uh, and the cult introduces her as their manager, and it's hilarious because you can hear Midnight, like, he's not talking to the camera, he's just sort of talking to, like, fans. Who are, it's like, you've seen that pig John Dahmer's with? Like, <laughs> this is a real manager. And it's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, they probably have to talk backstage and stuff. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but then Justice Payne, also on the list of guys who must promo, cuts his own promo uh, about how great he is and how much these guys suck. Uh but then he says he doesn't know why the company thinks he's, he'll face Gage tonight. He said he never will. But how about instead I recruit you guys for a hardcore six-man against Lobo, TCK, and Gage. And then this is where it gets real convoluted when he says, I will surrender my tag team titles to whoever gets the pinfall tonight. So, like, if Gage pins it, he gets both tag title belts. If the Thrill Kill Cult gets the pin, I guess they both get the belts. Uh, but then he also says, but if Lobo loses, then Smooth has to live CZ, leave CCW forever. Yeah. And, again, it's just this weird segment where, for some reason, Justice Payne just... It's it's like the kid whose house it is that's just choosing the rules for the backyard game. Yeah. Where he's yeah. like, and I get the sword, and you guys can't touch me, and if you touch me, you got to go to jail. And you're like, yeah. this is just bullshit. Like, you're just making up stipulations, and everyone's just like, okay, I guess yeah, we'll go along with this. It is his mom's house. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fine. He'll get upset if we disagree, so let's yeah, just exactly. play. Uh, and then Hartog, Rob <laughs> Hartog enters. And he says, CZW agrees and hope they kick the living shit out of your fucking ass. Though he says, yeah, CZW agrees to your demands and hope they kick the living shit out of your fucking ass. And he calls, I think it was uh, Macabre a fat fuck. Or he calls someone a fat fuck. And I'm like, he's clearly like twice the size of Macabre. It's just yeah. like a weird insult to throw out. Yeah, it's, it is very, like, yeah, glass houses. Like, it's very strange. I mean, Ron's going wild. They yeah. know they're onto a good thing with Ron, to be fair. Sorry, it's Rob. I, oh, I, Rob. I was, is it Rob? I was corrected. We must keep it at Rob. Oh, uh, Rob, Rob Warthog. <laughs> um, he's, uh, he's cool. I, I like this, this new off-the-chain Rob. Yes, me too. And he always usually takes bumps and is wild out there, and it never leads to anything. Even if he knows... Or even if he knows he's going to or not, he will take them. <laughs> <laughs> then we get our hard cut again, and then we cue the Men in Black music. And that's going to be the high point of this segment to me. I have a lot to say about this match that, that kicks us off here. So Reckless Youth comes out. And already, I'd say from the first time I saw Reckless Youth, it's like I hate him 50% more each time I see him. Uh, and he comes out with this, like, I, I hate to just, I'm not trying to fat shame anyone on the card, but there's no discernible features other than this big fat guy. <laughs> and and he comes out and they dance together and the crowd just starts chanting, you fat fuck at this guy. So it's not like I'm just making this up. And he opens with a promo saying, Reckless Youth was just signed by the WWF. And he says, and I've been signed too. So I was sent here to make sure he doesn't take any risks tonight. I, I don't know if that's legal. Like, I don't think he was signed by the WWF. Uh, I, I don't know either. I If he was, it was probably as, like, uh, I don't know, it like feels a trainer like, in OVW or something like that. Yeah, it feels like they went, oh, we'll give you a trial, and he's then run with that and said he's been signed. Because I don't know how legal it is just for a wrestler to be like, 
yeah, I'm I'm a WWF wrestler now. Like, I don't think you can do that. Well, but. I mean, Mick Foley's first contract famously said like it was a opportunity for something more. I think that was Foley at least. But like, contract is a very loose term in the WWF. Yeah, so to probably stuff that wouldn't be legal today. Yeah. Plus, if you're signing anyone from CZW, it's probably going to be Zandig. Of like, course. Yeah. Yeah. Or Rob Warthog. He, he, <laughs> Zandig should have been feuding with Stone Cold at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> imagine, yeah. Bloody. Yeah. Tony Schiavone's Tony. I can't pronounce his last name. Shivani. Shivani, that's it. Spoiling the result of Zandig versus Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah, that's and then a star was born. <laughs> yeah. But a reckless youth demands that the crowd respect the WWF talent in the ring. And by the way, the reason I don't name this big guy too is because he didn't name himself. Like he doesn't get a name for this whole segment. Yeah. Even though, and by the way, I've never seen him on a WWF show, so it probably was all just bullshit. Yeah. Or he did like a dark match on like a house show or something like that. Um, but yeah, he says, uh, the WWF talent doesn't name the guy. It says talent like them filled this arena, not any of this hardcore shit. And then the fans actually cheer what he says. Cause I think they just like caught the cadence wrong. And he's like, no, you idiots are supposed to boo. Which I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually thought funny. was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And then Mercury is introduced. Uh, and the last time we saw him was like two months ago in that really quick match with Rick Blade that we loved. And he came out looking way more shredded than last time we saw him. So it was yeah. sort of like. Okay, Reckless Youth, who is trained, versus Mercury. This could actually be a good match, you know? Uh, and then the match began. Yeah. So we get Reckless Youth <laughs> and Mercury. Uh, and the crowd is loud, but not in, like, a good way. It's like it's like the pain in the rain crowd that were caught in the rain and just restless. And they're sort of, like, heckling. And you can tell they're drinking. But they're yeah. not having, like, a good time congru- congruently with the show. I feel like the, the crowd as a collective go through the seven stages of grief <laughs> where you know they're just yelling and angry and then eventually it just succumbs to acceptance because yeah they're not no one has a good time watching this match yeah and reckless youth quickly begins all his old shtick really slow holds as soon as mercury begins coming back he rolls to the outside starts jawing with fans does his heckling and then he does this whole sequence all the way through it probably takes about three minutes and then he just goes in the ring and they like restart the whole same sequence I'm almost like, did he forget he did this? Like, move for move, like, chin lock, gets suplex, rolls to the outside, begs off. Yeah, because at the start of the match, he does something, like, there's a funny line he says, like, uh, you know what he's saying, I'm protecting myself for WWF or whatever, so it's just going to all be chin locks. And then that is true. He's telling the truth. That's he what he does. He does a lot of chin locks, yeah. And it's, uh, most of my notes on this match are actually about, an audience member, a heckler. <laughs> like, and you, that shows how bad it is because I've just written down loads of different things that made me laugh that he shouted. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, The Jeff Jarrett fan in the crowd yelling slap nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> this guy, like, th- this match was saved by that guy because the audience <laughs> is so quiet and clearly he stood quite nearby the cameraman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there is this just dude going hell for leather, yeah. screaming slap notes, and just, like, just very guttural at one point. Like, you can hear the anger, and he's just his, his vocal cords shredding, and he's just yelling, like, slap nuts! And he goes from slap nuts to slappy New Year. <laughs> that was genius. That. that was absolutely <laughs> genius. I mean, th- at one point, he just goes, the rock says, you suck my ass. <laughs> and he's just like, this is incredible. Just, like He's definitely there alone, and he's definitely, <laughs> like, wasted, yeah. and just happens to be next to the hard camera. Just and yelling it- slap nuts, like... You know, that's great. That's great audience interaction. It wasn't anything like it wasn't racist. It wasn't homophobic. It was just a dude yelling slap nuts. Yeah. And and wrestling, unlike comedy, you know, hecklers are warranted if it's this fucking boring. And <laughs> yeah. if the guy's trying to bore you, I'm like, yeah, I wish more guys were yelling slap nuts. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the crowd is silent throughout the entire, like, apart mm. from a few light moments where, like, there's a, there's a decent move or whatever. I even have written here, even when the match picks up, it's boring and slow. They do this convoluted referee distraction where our reckless youth puts his shoulder around him. And the big guy comes in and hits like a spinning power bomb. And I'm like, you can see the ref like raise from like the impact on the mat. And he's just acting like he's not seeing it. Uh, and again, I know we're, we might sound like nitpicky, but this just was, was really shit. Uh, Reckless Youth does this thing where he's got the guy seated and he pretends to do like karate poses and stuff. Like he's going to hit a big move and then does a chin lock. And again, that's something that's so special. He has to do it two times in a row. Yeah, it's, I mean... 
It's the first time, because they're moving so slow, you kind of do get a good look at the wrestlers for the first time. And, like, I think it was Reckless Youth looks a lot like Seth Rogen. <laughs> I know, like, when he was in Freaks and Geeks. I, I, and that was one of the more interesting parts of the match for me, was going, man, one of these guys looks like Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, wow, big deal. Yeah. Uh, and this, I hear I have one fan yelling out, this match is ten minutes too long. And then a fan from across the arena yells, CZW fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, I'm agreeing with everyone individually here. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I would see them and I'd lock eyes and realize that we'd time traveled. And that was <laughs> us yelling that. It was us. It, it, this match, like it's Stone Cold versus The Rock. Imagine the inverse of the hype and excitement throughout that match. It's the, like, this is just mm. desolate. Well, and to throw even more shame on, Mercury had this awesome match that we praised with Rick Blade, and we never praise anything on this podcast. <laughs> and instead, like, it was, was too short of anything. And then he comes back the next uh, show and has this awful match with a guy who's supposed to be way more experienced than Rick Blade and would probably tell you he's more experienced than Rick Blade. It's like you can be the experienced veteran, but you also have to sort of back it up in the ring. And he just always sucks. It's like, I don't know I, why CCW brings this guy in. And then to add insult to injury, so Reckless Youth teases a chair shot like he's going to smoke the guy, and the referee keeps going like, no, don't use it, like with his back turn. And then that's when the big guy comes in and hits like another powerbomb on Mercury. So they double up on this spot, uh, and Reckless Youth turns around for a cheap win at 17 minutes and 4 seconds. I have written here, awful match, Reckless Youth is my new least favorite guy. I'm not putting any of this on Mercury, because I know I know Reckless Youth is the type of guy who's like, I'm the vet, I'll control the pace here. Yeah, I don't think I've watched, I don't think we've watched a Reckless Youth match that either of us have enjoyed. Like, he's not. It was the first triple threat where it was him and uh, Quackenbush, and I want to say Rick Blade. And that match oh, was yeah. pretty good, and it opened the show. But I think it's because he was working with Quacken, but he probably didn't want to be outdone by his partner. <laughs> yeah. And actually put his boots on. But anyway, this, I hated this. It's like pre- two pretty awful segments in a row and a nothing opener. This show was not off to a good start. The best thing about the show so far was the guy yelling, Sloppy New Year. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> that was a high point. <laughs> that was it. I, re- I legitimately laughed quite a while at Sloppy New Year. You know what I like about CZW shows, though, is as soon as I'm really sick of a segment, you will just get a hard cut away. Like, you don't even yeah. have to see the wrestling is leaving sometimes. You'll just get, like, a flash to the next thing. I'm like, okay, fresh start. Let's just see what they have next. And that's when we get the world's greatest independent tag team, Charlie and Russ Haas, which I thought was really interesting because, like, Charlie and Shelton Benjamin would be go, on, go on to be called the world's greatest tag team. Okay. So I, I, don't, I feel like that's not a coincidence. I think Charlie's had this, like, name in his head for a while. Uh, but they entered to ACDC, and I, I wasn't sure if they had Confederate flag bandanas <laughs> last month. So they confirmed it this month by just having a full Confederate flag that he was, like, waving. <laughs> yeah, I was I was genuinely surprised that it took this long to get a Confederate flag in the CZW. <laughs> and, like, yeah. it, it's like one of those merch ones, so there's, like, a flaming skull on it just to double down, like, some <laughs> icon on it. It's just very, like... And to be at the time as well... Like, people wouldn't have um, been hiding their racism. So they wouldn't have been, be, even been like, heritage, not hate, but like, or, yeah. or, or like, it's about state rights. They would have legitimately just been like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, brother, I support the South in the well, Civil This is War. New Jersey, dude. I mean, come on. Yeah, and New Jersey, uh, the the most South. I mean, I, I'm not American, obviously not American, but I'm just like, yeah, New Jersey were like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> That's <laughs> my some, flag, too. There are definitely some patriots in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we get out next, accompanied by his brother-in-law wife beater with big mac smack so they've officially renamed this guy big mac smack instead of big mac smack and i was just shocked to see him on his feet after the bump we saw from last show yeah Um, and now he's apparently he's going to be a wrestler as well i don't know how emboldened he is this is a guy who's like doing cocaine for sure yeah definitely and also confirmation that he's brother-in-law which means wife beater is beating up his sister <laughs> thought that too <laughs> yeah that's uh that. wife beater comes out here with an actual wife beater on though so i was like oh. yeah exactly finally he's living up to his he's living up to his name maybe it is just about the vest i hope it's about the vest <laughs> and they come out with their bag of crisps and start eating <laughs> and, and the fans start chanting we want chips flagrantly uh, disrespecting our podcast 
yeah retroactively yeah a hundred percent yeah they i mean it's it's this is a crisp <laughs> we are we're crisp coded uh and that's the way it should be yeah i agree uh, god bless the king <laughs> uh, but big max max again he's on the list a terrible guy who's got to cut a promo when he comes out uh and he's saying that he brought in the Haas bros last last week but now we're going to show them how shit they are. It's like, well, why do you bring them, dude? It's two <laughs> two shows in a row he's just introduced someone and then cut a promo on how much they suck afterwards. I think it would have been better if he'd been like, that flag is about sowing division. And we're all about <laughs> unity. Like, just like, just yeah. properly just out of nowhere, just been like, we need to move on from the past. <laughs> <laughs> dude, the closest thing you're going to get to Babyface here is he called the Haas brothers the dopes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's when we get Haas Brothers versus Big Mac and the wife beater. Uh, so Rob says to Smack, like, it's so funny. Oh, no, so I messed up earlier. This is when Rob Hartog says to Smack, who immediately goes on the floor to act like the manager. And Rob's like, hey, you're the tag partner, fat ass. Get on the apron. And I'm like, is he really the fat ass? Like, they're, they're the same size. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, to be fair, before, because I've put... Rob going wild before, so he did do something before, but I guess he was just calling this guy fat he, as he well. He might call he might call everyone fat. Maybe that's his defense mechanism. Yeah, it's a deflect. <laughs> it's a deflection. Yeah. <laughs> hey Zandig, you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie dives on Wife Feeder while his back's turned, which looks so dangerous. So he landed on his head when Wife Feeder wasn't looking, and then he smokes him in the head with a chair shot. At the same time, Ross dives off the top rope onto Mac, and all four just start brawling in the crowd. So it's a pretty good like start, a pretty fast pace here. Yeah. Um, um, Charlie re- is reversed into the breakable wall, and then Max sort of goes to come help and attack him, but Russ just football tackles him from behind into the wall. And I have written here, this is chaotic and sloppy, but really fun. Yeah, 100%. First time I've been entertained by this show, like, mm-hmm. for the wrestling. Definitely. Like, yeah, it was um, it was, it was brutal. Like, just, just straight from the off. Like, I, you know, it was... Uh, Lot of, a lot of chair shots going on in this match. Mm-hmm. And like, from big, muscly dudes. like Yeah, and Big Max Mac. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of dudes taking chair shots, a lot of dudes getting suplexed into chairs and things like that. Like It is, it is chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back in the ring, uh, Wife Feeder reverses like an Irish whip and just... I love how he does this. It's in one motion. He lifts Charlie for a gorilla press and just throws him over the top through a table. Which yeah, is it's like awesome. A recurring spot of his and Zandig's, but it's just awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're like, a, a man should not be able to do like lift, like the host, like he's muscly and all that. A man should not be able to lift in one smooth motion and throw a guy that heavy <laughs> just on a table. And you, he does it in a way where you don't know if Charlie sees it coming. Like he's just in one motion over the top, and the fans yeah. chant "Holy shit!" And I'm like, that's deserved. Uh, Mac gets in the ring, and for some reason, he pulls out a kielbasa sausage, like, out of his pocket, <laughs> and he takes a bite and then starts forcing it down Russ's throat, like, while he's on the ground. It's like a video game power-up. Yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah know, this is so weird. Yeah, and he's gassed when he enters the ring. Like, mm-hmm. before he's even through the rope, he's just like, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then this is the weirdest finish. So the Haas bros get control of Mac, and one of them, like, pins him like with and fully like lifts his legs and one of the legs is sort of touching the rope so the referee won't do the count and so then the other Haas bro like he gets some inspiration and he jumps off the second rope and does like a what's up head spot into Max like groin area <laughs> while his legs are up and then Charlie just shifts him and they get the pin uh, for 10 minutes and one second uh, and then they win and then just leave and I was like well that's sort of weird because I would have thought they were trying to recoup Wife Beater with this match, but I guess not. No, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Wife Beater did take his shirt off in the match as well, so I obviously thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, just big muscle <laughs> man. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a very odd ending, uh, Like, but perfectly suited for the, ma- for the match style it was. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the match. I was like, this is actually fun and crazy and all over the place. And 10 minutes is great. Yeah. Great length. After that 17-minute fucking debacle. Yeah. So another cut, and then we hear the next match is for the CZW Junior Heavyweight title. First out with Shorty, it's Blade. And he calls him Blade and not Rick Blade. I don't know if that's... They're renaming him or if the guy just fucked up and forgot his first name. Maybe Blade was in the cinema Uh, at the time. That's thinking. Yeah, finally there's a, a wrestler who ice skates uphill. Well, and speaking of ice skating, they come out with, like, matching blue tops and, like, red pants. 
They look they look like a Eurovision band or like like an ice skating. Couple. Like <laughs> yeah. they, they had this weird like brother sister vibe to them with the matching outfits. I just thought it was weird. And then this awesome trance music starts playing, and his opponent coming out low key. I thought this was awesome. We'll do a quick side profile of Loki for people who don't know who this guy is. Brandon Silvestri, better known as Loki, began wrestling in late 1999 for Jersey All-Pro Wrestling. By 2000, along with moving on to other indies such as CZW, he already began doing... uh, What's it? Enhancement talent work for WWF shows. In 2002, he would be the inaugural Ring of Honor champion, as well as debuting for TNA in the same year, though both companies would be a revolving door from him as he came and went with various controversies. Just before getting signed with WWE, Loki would also have a short PWG run where he was the world champion there uh, before having a cup of coffee with NXT when he offended the WWE by shouting out TNA unscripted on television, uh, and he would have a jobber run on SmackDown. Since then, this would mark his career's peak, and ever since he sort of bounced around from TNA, New Japan, various other indies, usually plagued by backstage controversies, fights, and other things. Though no one denied his in-ring talent, it would also be tough to deny how much of a hot-headed asshole he is and how much it hindered his career. But this is the youngest Loki I've ever seen. Yeah. Were you aware of this guy when he showed up? No, not, not, not at all, to be honest. I mean, you know, kind of, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm not, as in the nose you are, but that's cool. <laughs> and to be fair, I think it showed in the match as well because it's a decent, it's a, like a, a good wrestling match, I'd yeah. say. Like, Rick Blade, I feel like a proud parent. We've watched him <laughs> We've watched him grow as a wrestler, as a talent. Um, and like, yeah, they put on a good, like, and it, I could tell as well. I was like, this is a just an actual good wrestling match. Totally. And so it begins with just great reversal exchanges, which Loki would eventually become known for. And then... After the first one, Loki just hits a capo kick, which is that rolling spin kick he does, and just gets a big pop. And then Wazblade rolls to the outside. He just does a phoenix splash from the top rope to the outside. This is in, like, the first two minutes. and the I think it's the first time I've heard a CZW crowd chant holy shit without a weapon involved in a spot. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. just athleticism and talent. Yeah. <laughs> but then back in the ring, we see more great exchanges. Blade lands a Michinoku driver, then his swanton bomb leg drop combo. Crowd is just going wild here. The crowd's like electric for the good wrestling, which is yeah. nice to see. Yeah, no, no gimmicks. No, this is just gosh darn wrestling, baby. Mm-hmm. And after the, the like hour and... 10 we just watched. This was yeah. such a breath of fresh air. 100%. Uh, so Blade hits a springboard moonsault to the outside, then rolls inside and he applies the full surfboard that you might uh, associate with like a Daniel Bryan or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's, and like, that's impressive to see in CZW, even though it looks <laughs> so shaky. <laughs> like, yeah. he's like, he's like I, I'm about to blow up. I'm like, not, I'm there's sure... so much pressure on my knees. <laughs> I'm about to blow up. I'm sure he learned that move on WCW NWO Revenge. But I'm not going to take a shot. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. It was, like, wild to see on, on CZW. And it was, like, interesting, especially compared to the previous match, which was, like, fun and enjoyable to watch for completely different reasons compared to this, where you like, just whiplash, like, in terms of quality from one to another in terms of what makes it good wrestling. Absolutely. And then at one point, so Loki's on Blade's shoulders for a... Uh, Death Valley Driver, and Loki just turns it into this reverse like arm bar, and e- even the crowd are like sort of losing it for the submission attempt because yeah, I-, I imagine none of them had ever seen something like that before. Uh, Blade actually gets the rope break, then hits this disgusting looking sit out power bomb. He looked like he almost got him too high on the neck there, uh, and Loki here like. This is the skinniest and scrawniest I've ever seen Loki. He looks like he was a teenager. He would become very, like, jacked in the next few years. But Blade looked, like, much bigger than him, which I sort of wasn't yeah. used to seeing. Yeah, he looked good. Mm-hmm. Loki reversed Irish whips, then he unloads a kick to Blade's head, and the crowd pops again. Another impressive reversal off ends with a brutal release German suplex from Loki. Uh, Loki misses a dive, and he sets up Blade's uh, crane sort of swan leg leg drop from the pole that he's been doing and Loki kicks out at two which is the first time that happened and you feel like the crowd popped for that as well yeah uh, Loki re- returns the favor with a flawless 450 splash and then he grabs a table from the outside attempts to tornado DDT blade through but blade counters then he puts key up on the corner but then key counters and hits an insane taka driver through the table off the top rope huge CZW chant at this point and blade kicks out at two yeah, Blade kicks Loki. He perfectly rolls outside onto a table, which was sort of hilarious. <laughs> uh, just like setting himself up. 
Uh, and then Blade goes to dive over Hartog, sort of like Rey Mysterio used to do all the time. And his foot catches the top rope, and he just splats on the concrete next to the table. <laughs> this was, like, awful, man. The sound it made when he hit the concrete. Yeah, and you just, like... It was just sad because you're like, oh, man. Like, it was everything all was, the air was out of the balloon at once. Yeah, like everything was going so well. Like, he deserved to land. He deserved to go through the table with, like, like totally. Yeah, and it, it is a real shame. And, like, it's not even, like, I guess, you know, you can have adjustments and things like that. But it, it was one of those things where, it, like, it just wasn't even that bad of a like a crazy thing to try like he's probably done that so many times they did crazier things before this yeah know? yeah it is always like the basic stuff where the guys fuck up yeah um and the fans are immediately on him for you fucked up chance and stuff but blade like no sells all of this and he just jumps in and does like a top rope leg drop instead through the table which was still impressive, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then inside, Blade hits four consecutive, almost like snap moonsaults, like as fast as he could. And he gets the clean win at 12 minutes and 16 seconds. This match gets a standing ovation from the crowd, which we've never seen in this company before. It got a standing ovation from me as well. I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, it was... It... <laughs> Easy match of the night. Oh, yeah, 100%. And probably one of probably one of the best matches, like, like wrestling matches from the CZW so far, I'd say, in just terms of pure wrestling Definitely. and, like, no, just, like, I really enjoyed that because a guy got, like, a chair and then bled and then said something funny. Like, just actual good wrestling. I'd almost say certainly the best match, uh, technically, yeah. that we've seen in the company. Yeah. Probably just below Zandig versus Wife Beater. <laughs> Is that one or two? <laughs> that's number one. That's far and away. I mean, until two oily men... To two more oily men in jeans wrestle each other. No one's touching that match. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was great. And then it kept, I kept thinking they were one of them was going to turn on the other because they, they were like really bowing to all four sides of the audience and yeah. stuff. And they just didn't. They just showed each other respect. Loki gave Rick Blade his title. What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Then we get our hard cut to the Thrill Kill Cult intro again, and we hear worlds collide for the third time tonight. It's a banger, to be fair. I always enjoy listening to it. I didn't I didn't mind that at all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Midnight comes out, and he's like, I know we already have all these stipulations, but how about if we lose tonight, Heather here will get naked. And the crowd just erupted. Heather, yeah. I guess, being the name of the, the chick we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, no trampolines needed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and Justice Payne comes out and doesn't cut a promo, I think for the first time ever in company history. <laughs> and then all three baby faces are introduced together, and then Nick Gage's start, music starts playing, and they come out, led by Big Daddy Smooth. I thought it was interesting that they decide to come as as a unit instead of get their own individual, like, intros and pops, you know? Yeah, I guess, you know, I suppose... I don't know, I guess they just wanted to get on with the match or whatever, or like, <laughs> if you were introducing that many people, they were just like, yeah, let's just get everyone out there and get going. Yeah, but you're talking about, like, this isn't CZW. I, I would imagine Nick Gage would demand an individual. Yeah, that is, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was walking out and, like, Big Daddy Smooth, like, ran quickly <laughs> to join him, and, like, he was already outside by then. Yeah. Uh, the babyfaces rush the ring as the match, like, immediately devolves into chaos. With like all three pairs of guys pairing off and going their separate directions. This match was more apparent than ever. There's only one camera on the floor, and he really didn't know who to follow. So yeah. he'd sometimes just turn as you saw a guy getting hit in the head with a chair, or as you saw a guy getting slammed on the ground. And you can tell you're just missing like two thirds of this match at all times. Yeah, because it was like it's like when there was a bad camera in a video game and it like gets stuck on something and it starts flipping out. Like the guy's like <laughs> trying to catch everything and moving from left to right. He's probably uh, bevied himself. Like. Yeah, hundred like probably had inadvertent chair shots as well at, at points and things like that. There's <laughs> no way. Yeah, uh, Justice Payne and Gage do pair off though, and I do think it's the first time we've seen them at length facing each other. Like. Up until, they used to be a team up until like a couple shows ago. Mm. Um, and you can tell these guys are brothers because they just treat each other brutally. Like, Justice Payne just <coughs> hits Nick Gage three times in the head with a chair in a row as hard as he can. Yeah. And it's like disgusting. <laughs> There's no love lost between these two. Like, there, there is, 
They're working stuff out in the wrestling (laughs) ring, for sure. Yeah, exactly. They work up to their newly repaired platform that we saw Max Matt go through (laughs) just just one show ago. Uh, And it's just fresh. It's so clearly, like, fresh plywood. Like, they haven't colored it or anything. Yeah. It's so funny. And it would go on to get broken here as they're climbing up the ladder. And Justice Payne goes to, like, Hurricane Rana Gage. And Gage just grabs him and sit out power bombs him on the fucking wood, which looked awful. And then he just lifts him back up by his hair and does a sit-out powerbomb again because I guess one wasn't enough. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, this match is incredibly brutal. Like, there's, again, a lot of chair shots, a lot of people, like, just being, like, suplexed and powerbombed into the ground and Mm -hmm. things like that. Just, yeah, I mean, from here on out, uh, and then main event or whatever, these it's just uncomfortable to watch at points where you're just like, these guys are... Getting really hurt. <laughs> yeah, just level of violence, level of guys where they're letting their adrenaline get away from them. They're sort yeah. of being dangerous. Cause, and, and they do that thing where they're not selling anything at all. Like, Justice Payne just took two actually brutal-looking sit-down power bombs on wood. And then we flash away for a second of the ring. And then within a minute later, he's powerbombing Nick Gage on the concrete. Yeah, it's like... It... It's like they're not even doing like wrestling moves, really. Like, there's no story, there's no uh, like choreography, there's n- nothing to it. They're just doing moves on each other to hurt each other, and then he's saying, "Right, I'll do it to you." And then there's nothing <laughs> like there's nothing to it. Like, there's no there's nothing to the match, really. It it feels like like anarchy in their arena, but with guys that don't know psychology and only one camera guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like absurdly to try like attempt this. Uh, even I think this might be the first six man we've seen in CZW, and it's definitely the most chaotic. And to me, this whole match just wasn't working uh, because you would just get flashes of dudes just getting hit with shit. At one point, TCK and Diablo wrestle towards one of the scaffolds near the thing, and you can hear some guy next to the camera is like, "Oh, that thing doesn't have any wheels on it." <laughs> They're trying to like pull the scaffold, and it won't move because yeah. it doesn't have wheels. So then they just start climbing it. Justice Payne does a moonsault off of it onto Lobo and Gage. And then the next thing I remember seeing is Lobo getting thrown off the ring apron just flatly on the concrete. Uh, Justice Payne engaged. This is the weirdest part. So it's been like this chaotic just scene for 15 minutes. And then back in the ring, Justice Payne engaged start doing like technical reversals and like yeah. holds and stuff. Like they're trying to just do a, a straight a real... match after everything we've just seen. Yeah, it's very straight. Like, I, like, And that's what the match should have been, really. It should have been Justice Payne versus Gage. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're building up to that you know instead of having it straight out straight away but yeah just just everything about this match especially after what we would sort of just seen yeah it's just like it's such a so deflating really like to see it well and usually this is the spot where these guys can pull out something decent it's never like a high quality technical in ring thing but you do see like good matches out of guys like lobo or tck or justice Payne. But it felt like these guys had just never worked a six-man before, and they would just, like, do a move on a guy and then sort of look around for another guy to hit. Yeah, it's definitely a victim of only having one cameraman, for sure. <laughs> and, like, it's too it's too chaotic. Like, nobody knows what's going on. Um, like, it, the reason they work with, like, when it's just low bone pain is there's just two, the two of them. Yeah. So you're just seeing all the cool shit they're doing. You know, they can work on each other and things like that. But this, you're just like, well, I can't, you know you're missing the action there's no i can't see anything by the time you've got to the guy doing a cool move he's like on the floor or whatever so <laughs> yeah yeah i saw just out of the corner of your eye at one point like it's like the camera guy turns to the corner platform and one of the dudes one of the kill thrill guys just power bombs lobo through the wood that uh, max mac had gone through last month yeah so it's like he was just two seconds away from missing this insane spot of lobo breaking through wood and again, they just really don't care about this wood platform. That's two shows in a row. This thing's broken. <laughs> yeah. There's just one guy there who's just always like, oh, come Mother on. <laughs> Not again. It reminds me of like Eeyore's house from Winnie the Pooh. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh. God <laughs> damn it. Uh, but, and we see also uh, Macabre, or Midnight, sorry, just cracks TCK with headshots with a chair. And you hear him like talking shit to him. He's like, stay down, motherfucker. TCK is like busted open as per usual. The streak continues if anyone's following <laughs> that one. Uh, and then inside, Lobo's setting Macabre up on a table when a random giant dude comes in. And he's so random, I thought this was Big Smooth turning again to, like, ban himself from the company. <laughs> uh, but, no, it was just a different biker 
different from any of the ones we've seen before. So biker number like four or five. Yeah. And he hits Lobo with what I can officially call the first ever official light tube shot in CZW. I thought when we started the podcast, the first light tube was going to be like this big momentous sort of thing. And it was like a throwaway by a guy who doesn't have a name. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it didn't get the same treatment as the staple gun. Because a light yeah. tube is like way better. Like it sounds it's, like a gunshot when he yeah, hits it. Yeah, it's an awesome... Like I'm, I presume it hurt. It still hurts a bit. But it's like, in terms of like relative to the to the noise it gives off and the how it looks, light tube is like clinically designed to be an awesome weapon in wrestling definitely especially if you know the dust inside gives you cancer it's like a two-in-one sick yeah (laughs) long-term and short-term damage from the light tubes yeah you do that and then you're like you don't feel anything now brother but (laughs) (laughs) you come to me in 10 years (laughs) yeah so the thrill kill cult then double team lobo through a table for the win at 1826 which if you're paying attention to the stipulations means their valet won't be getting naked they win the tag titles, and Lo- Big Daddy Smooth has to leave because Lobo took the pin from the Thrill Kill Cult. And who has to go on the trampoline then? No one, no trampoline involved. No trampoline. Okay, unfortunately. No. Yeah. <laughs> Gage on the trampoline. <laughs> yeah. Sick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the finish we get. Justice Payne immediately grabs the mic and says, "Smooth is fucking done here. Get out of here, you piece of shit." Uh, and doesn't say who this biker is. They're like arm in arm leaving the arena together. So he just found a new biker and replaced <laughs> Smooth with him. Yeah, it's just very, it's, it's very weird atmosphere as well at the end of this match. Because I was like, is that the end of the show? But there's like another half an hour to go because they're like kind of hugging. And there's like, the, I, I know I've got to leave, but this guy's the future. And you're like, what's going on? You know, for the last two shows, we've been saying the world title was Andig should have been in the main event. Yeah. And these guys, like in this assortment, should have been in the match before. Uh, and this is the one they got wrong, where these guys probably should have been in the main event with this six-man chaotic bullshit. Yeah, and, probably. And the match we're about to talk about, I don't know if it should have closed the show. Yeah, I don't know if they should have had it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's get ready. Yeah. This next match is fucked up, even for CZW standards here. Uh, so we get the ring announcer opening saying, due to serious knee injury, there's no Zandig here tonight, which my heart sunk immediately. Yeah, 100%. And you know he definitely, like, it was an absurd reason why. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at what Zandig's had to take, it's going to have to be something crazy that takes him, injures him, <laughs> like, that yeah. d- does his knee in. Or he was like, he played basketball. They should have uh, just said, like, car wreck. Like Sandig's <laughs> yeah. like in a coma. Or <laughs> yeah. Like you can say whatever. Okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Ian Rotten enters, and I'm just like, oh Christ! Of course, we're gonna get this guy in the main event now, I guess. And he comes out with a barbed wire bat to a different Kid Rock song. <laughs> I'm like, that just CCW in a nutshell, right there, you know. Uh, and he says, Zandig actually just had a kid, and he's too cowardly to get here. Where I'm like, is that the case? Like, I wonder if Zandig. Maybe he isn't here because he had he's with child. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if he is, if he did, then that feels like Zandi was like, I don't want anyone to know. And Ian, Ian Rotten's like, from what I know of him now, has <laughs> just been like, I don't fucking care about what you want. I'm gonna tell everyone you've got a kid. I'm shooting, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is no shoot. <laughs> this is not a shoot. Uh, he Zandig has a kid. <laughs> yeah. And then the lights cut out like right after this line. And I think they just learned their lesson last time with Ian Rotten, and they're like, we're not letting him cut his own promo times. Yeah. We're gonna decide when it's over. So the lights cut out, which they've only done one other time, which was last show when Ian Rotten showed up. And when they come back on, Madman Pondo is standing there. Now, if you weren't aware of Loki, I already know you don't know <laughs> who, who Madman Pondo is. No, I know. Ma- no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, no, neither does anyone else as the whole arena just goes dead silent when he <laughs> yeah. shows up. And then one guy in the crowd, you can hear yell, it's Madman Pondo. <laughs> and then maybe a third of the crowd is like, oh. <laughs> and they clap. But I'm like, what are this lame duck fucking lights off entrance? Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be Zandig being like, I've not, I've, I've got my kid here as well. Me too. I yeah. really did think it was going to be Zandig just based on that's what happened to him last month. Yeah. But no, instead we get Madman Pondo, who's like uh, a legend in Ian Rotten's fed, which isn't saying much, believe me. But like he is the IWA Mid-South Deathmatch guy. Okay. So I think it was a way for Ian Rotten to sort of like chill his main event scene here. Okay, that makes sense. At, at the same time. But it doesn't really because it's like, 
like Ian Rotten should be faced with CZW like uh, combat combatants or people who are like fuck you like this is CZW's house. But, like why would it make sense for one of his guys? I think I mean it, from what I know of Ian Rotten or whatever, it just sounds like he doesn't care about boosting the CZW brand. He only cares about boosting his brand. So he's like, I'm gonna bring my guy. And push my guy on your show. I don't care about your show or, or like, mm. making sense. I just want everyone to see my guy. Yeah, that's probably definitely it for sure. And so the first thing Pondo does, he gets the best of Ian Rotten, and he has this pair of scissors on him, and he just fucking cuts his head with scissors, like, a, a cut that needs stitches immediately on his forehead. Like, yeah. right across his forehead. And it's one of those ones where you can see it open, like, on both sides. Like, it's gnarly. It's a fucking gash on his forehead. Yeah, it's like when Terminator wants to check that he's not human, <laughs> yeah. and he, like, cuts his arm. Like, Dude. it is... It's it's gross. And not fake at all. It's just a guy cutting a guy. <laughs> no, yeah, and the camera um, the camera really does catch this one. Like cuz it like zooms in and like this the crowd are like, "Oh." Mm. Like they're not cheering. They like most of them are just like, "Oh shit." You can hear you can hear people even I don't know if their crowd control guys were like, "Oh fuck." Like, oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. <geez."> yeah. <laughs> and then Rotten starts doing the thing bad deathmatch wrestlers do where they just start breathing out of their nose to like push the blood out as hard as they can. He's like, this is gonna probably looks great for camera. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like uh, everything that like back back in the pain in the rain match where they're like talking about the article and things like that about whatever. This is what they mean when they're saying like maybe people shouldn't watch this. A hundred percent. That's I had the same like note written here for everyone who was criticizing backyard wrestling in this time period. They were right. Yeah, when they were talking about this shit. Completely. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, and like, I mean, a lot of stuff CZW does is bad, but this is like a next level for sure. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. 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 They wrestle into the crowd and you can tell the crowd just clears faster than they ever have. Cause Rotten is just like bleeding heavily and no one wants to get blood on them. No. And it's like, the thing is like, there's, n there's not any moves. Like there's no moves or there's no like real wrestling or whatever. It's just excuses to be like. I'm just going to put this barbed wire in your eyeball. <laughs> yeah, at one point, Rotten smokes him in the head with a chair, and then he returns the favor with the scissors and just cuts Pondo's arm, like his yeah. bicep. And again, it's like, like, oh, that requires stitches. Like, you can almost see his muscle. It's like a full fucking cut yeah. from end to end. Like, it's it's so gross. It was just watched, like, gross to watch. Uh, and it's uh, well, all within, like, the first maybe minute 30 of this match. Uh, Rotten then just hits him in the head with the, the top of the head with a barbed wire bat and then grinds it on his face, probably in the eyeball, like you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And then Pondo sets up a massive stack of light tubes over two chairs, like a makeshift table. So I'm like, okay, this is a real light tube spot here. Probably like 10 light tubes, sort of. A lot of light tubes, yeah. Like uh, strapped together. And then they go to the top rope and Rotten gets powerbombed through the tubes. And as soon as he hits the tubes, the lights go off. Once again, immediately they come back up and we get Axel Rotten. <laughs> I'm going to do another side view of here. Axel Rotten, beginning in the late 80s, he won his first indie world title in Star Calvacade Wrestling when the original champion was found murdered in a hotel room. So that's like a great start to a wrestling career. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd Jesus. go on to meet and train Ian Rotten in 1990. Isn't so, that the same way like Santa, the, in the film <laughs> Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus? He <laughs> finds Santa dead and puts on his suit. Yeah, I think that enough. is it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a wrestler now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, he met Ian Rotten, and they both got on a local televised uh, run for GFW in Texas. Sorry, GWF. I don't mean to disparage this indie I've never heard of. And then, just like Ian, his main claim to fame would be the ECW Bad Breed run they had in the mid-90s, along with the infamous Taipei Deathmatch with Ian. He would continue as a tag team act well after Ian's departure, teaming with the likes of Devon Dudley and a better-known tag team with Balls Mahoney. Uh, his career <laughs> peaked right here, and then after this, he had a WWE cameo on One Night Stand, a TNA cameo on their hard ECW show, whatever they called it, dog shit show. And then he was relegated to various indies for the rest of his career before his untimely death of a heroin overdose in 2016 Jeez. at 44 years of age. So yeah, Axel Rotten here. Clearly the better in shape guy at this point. Uh, you're, you're saying no. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, comparing him to Ian Rotten. Yeah, that's true, yeah, because... But also, like, you say he died at 44 in 2016. <laughs> he looks 44 right now. Like, <laughs> at, in in the year 2000. Like, that, yeah, none of them look good. <laughs> they, he looks like a nasty boy, like, near the end of their career. Uh, yeah. So Axel just attacks pa Pondo, and as he's beating him in the corner, 
He's calling him Paul Heyman, and he's like, fuck you, Paul Heyman. Get your Jew ass up. Yeah. And he, yeah, would, he yeah. would make a few pretty anti-Semitic comments in this beatdown. Yeah. To there's, Pondo. A, there's a lot of that. You know, the, CZW certainly collecting the isms yeah. uh, throughout it, its run. And, I mean, it's just kind of, like, odd. Like, it's just very out of nowhere. And this, this guy does legitimately seem like he thinks this guy's Paul Heyman and he's trying to murder him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which again, it's like, it's like Ian Rotten last week, last month, sorry, where it's like, you you are only a name to these people and a star because of ECW. So I understand if you got ripped off, I would probably be sour too. But yeah. at the same time, you're trying to live off these glory years while saying ECW fucking sucks at the same time. And it's just like this weird contradiction. Yeah, and I mean, I, mean, I don't know how people in the crowd would have enjoyed it or whatever, but like, I found it, like two inside baseball to like even Completely. enjoy on a level where like these they just seem like they need these three dudes the things dudes will do to avoid therapy <laughs> including this it's just like they just need to talk they just need to use their words because there seems to be a lot of like yeah let's just any excuse to like beat up someone who kind of is linked to paul Heyman. Mm. well i don't even think he was linked to paul Heyman. i just think this is a way for Rotten to sort of, or Axel to get his shit out about Paul Heyman and let everyone yeah. know he hates ECW. Because like I said, Pondo's like boys with these guys, so this whole thing doesn't make sense at all. Uh, so both Rotten double-team Pondo with chair shots, sort of like a concerto. Uh, and then they leave when Lobo shows up for the save as the match just ends in a no contest at 827, which I fucking hate. Just put Ian Rotten over if he's going to be the guy you're facing off against Zandig. It's very, it's, uh, it's very strange to see in Rotten. Like I don't, there's no through, appears to be no through line apart from Zandig might be mates with him, I guess, or something. I don't know why he's in it. Like, mm. or you know, it feels like Zandig thinks it can take him to the next level. Like, like reaching out, I guess, and just I being think... like, I don't like Ian Rotten, but this feels like a next stepping stone to being a bigger thing. I think they're both trying to capitalize off one another. Yeah. And they probably both don't like each other or respect each other. And they yeah. sort of think they're above the other one when really they're both just in the fucking muck. Yeah, Zandig's in slightly nicer muck, I'd say. <laughs> For sure, but I'm, this is a period where ECW still exists. And yeah. both these guys think they're better than ECW and they're both not even on the same fucking... Like ballpark. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like there is a company that does what they're doing, but like to a much better to degree. A national audience. <laughs> yeah, and like is actually very good. Like there's not even the case of like there's no one doing what we're doing. It's like no, there literally is a company doing what you're doing, but better. Yeah. So Axel starts cutting this promo after, and he does the same promo Ian did, like the self-congratulatory, reminiscent promo, but then starts insulting Heyman and ECW. And he's like, those pussies down there at ECW, do you think Lance Storm would take those light tubes Ian just took? I've heard that name before. And I'm like, no, Lance Storm is a professional. Was, <laughs> yeah. He does wrestling for money. He would never be caught dead in this arena. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really weird. Like, I kind of just wanted to stop watching at that point because it just felt like someone who, like, they're at a bar and they've, like, they're telling him to stop doing karaoke, so they're just yelling about their ex-wife instead. It's the glory days, dude. They're yeah. just living out their Globo glory days. Uh, so then the Axel eventually challenges Lobo to a match, and he's like, that's why nobody's here, because guys like cokeheads like you are on top. And he's just calling Lobo a cokehead, and I'm like, that's not that's not nice. Yeah, you know? you're both cokeheads, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and they set up... Uh, Ian Rotten challenges him specifically to a no-ropes barbed wire cactus match, which I think we're going to see on the next show. There's already been a cactus match. We, <laughs> we quite explicitly talked about how funny we found that there was a cactus in the match. We've never seen a no-rope no barbed wire match in the company yet, so that should be just awful because I know they're not <laughs> going to fake the barbed wire. Well, yeah, I know this then appears to, like... I guess this is where a lot of the CZW, like, what we think of it starts, I guess, because, yeah, that... The match, and I'm for the audience, I'm doing heavy, big air quotes, mm -hmm. like, is gnarly. It's not enjoyable. It's not fun to watch. But if that's the influence, then there's going to be a lot more of that, I guess. Definitely. No, this, I think Xander would consider this whole thing a success, probably. I guess it depends on the VHS sales at the time. Yeah, I mean, when he's looked after his kid and he, he comes back and sees <laughs> all the blood everywhere, he'll probably be like, yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> so uh, Lobo and Axel are just talking shit, and then Axel, like, gets up on the apron, and then they start brawling, and then both the Rottens get in and just fuck up Lobo. 
and like beat him with a chair and then the barbed wire bat and they rip his shirt off with the barbed wire bat. And that's when all the security is brought in to pull apart. And to me, this is just Lobo being the actual professional who doesn't have an ego out of all these guys. And he's just like, okay, well, they're going to attack me. I'll just sell for them. But I'm like, this yeah. makes no sense. This shouldn't have happened if they're building up a match next month. And it would just look like unnecessary, sort of dumb. Yeah, this entire final bit is is garbage. Yeah, and the security's brought in to pull apart just as Ian begins cutting another shitty promo. <laughs> and it's sort of cut off halfway through again, as that's how this show ends. Thank God. Woof. Yeah, I'm giving this one a 1 out of 7, Ben. We're back down a full point from my mind. I, I have written here, it's tough to get through. Uh, the good stuff was too short. The bad stuff was too plentiful. Making the Rottens the central focus just feels bad inside. No mm. Zandig was negative. The pr- <laughs> production was as bad as ever. Uh, Loki and Rick Blade is really the lone highlight I got out of this whole thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably give it a 1 as well. Like The low-key uh, Rick Blade is high-key the best match ah. um but also there is special mention there for the guy who yelled slappy new year <laughs> uh that definitely it would have been a 0.75 i think entirely for that match but i'll give it a 0.10 for slappy new year and then the rest i can't do the maths for the wife beater match because i thought it was quite fun as well oh yeah I, I agree with that but yeah no this was this was bad this was a really bad show such a shame such a like a real downward turn after uh, again, I was being convinced that New Year is going to be good. <laughs> we're like, we're at a two. They could finally break it. You're just like, oh, no, actually, I can't. When it's also a bummer when it's like low-key was such a high point, and I don't get the feeling at all he's going to be back. It really felt like a one-off. No, very journeyman. Like, <laughs> yeah, see you later. Why would I ever come back to this garbage? Yeah. Well, that's another comics of the combat <laughs> zone in the books. Uh, I hope you guys come back for this garbage next week as we will be watching a show. Uh, and if no one listens, then it really is just a sad waste of time. Yeah, we'll keep watching that garbage, <laughs> and you keep listening to this garbage. Yeah, I'm uh, at Funny Jordan D on Instagram and Twitter. Please give me a follow. I'm at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week. <laughs>